Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I just came over from the NBC Sports Chicago studios. I was going to go home, but I was like, it's late and I might do some yelling. Don't want to wake up the wife. So I came to the score studios to do today's podcast. The Bears lose 17-7. That drops their... Record to four and six, and for the most part, that's it. I mean, I guess if I guess if they wanted to peddle hope, they could go, well, we could win six in a row and end up ten and six. That still might not get you into the playoffs. Their margin was one game. Here's the one game. And even if they win their next two, which is possible, and end up six and six. I I think the train has left the station when it comes to hope. Hey, I was out here trying to tell you that there was something to believe in. If they won this game, that they extended their season by one week, that was me. I was that guy. And they got to that next game, and things did not go well. Before I talk about the quarterback, whether the quarterback's injured, the way that they tried to explain whether he was injured, and they kind of fumbled that, I want to throw this at you because I ran across this. like We were talking about it. On the football after show, we were talking about Khalil Mack, and we kind of said, you know, did he have any statistics in the game? And we were like, no, I don't think so. I don't think he made a tackle. I don't think he had a sack in the game. And then we got the official box score. Now, this is what the NFL measures. I'm sure there, there was probably a QB hurry somewhere in there that they'll find over the next couple of days. But here, here are the things that the NFL measures in their official box score, okay? Tackles, tackle assists, assist combos, quarterback hits, interceptions, passes defended, forced fumbles, and fumble recoveries. So there's a list of all of the players that play defense for the Bears tonight. Roquan Smith led the team in tackles. 11, he also had a tackle for loss and an interception and a pass defense. 
Eddie Jackson had two tackles for loss in the game. He forced a fumble in this one. Buster Screen forced two fumbles in the game. Had two tackles to go along with that. Khalil Mack is not in the box score. I'm going to run down the names. Smith, Clinton Dix, Jackson, Amukamara, Robinson Harris, Kwiatkowski, Fuller, Nichols, Williams, Screen, Vaughters, Floyd, Goldman, Lynch, Urban, Woods, Patterson, McManus. That is the list of all of the players that had a statistic in the game. Khalil Mack was not one of those players. I don't know what to make of that. It's it's a crazy statistic that he had no statistics in the game. Because these are the games that you need him to do his Superman routine. He needs to be Neo in the Matrix in games like this. For a quarterback that Jared Goff's not very good. And when you look at and see what they tried to do to not expose him in this game, he finished 11 of 18. He threw 18 passes in the game for 173 yards. And, yes, there was a, a touchdown that was called back, but 173 yards on 18 passes for him in this game. Finished the game with no touchdowns and an interception, a passer rating of 69.9. That's what you had, and they they couldn't get to him. He was not sacked on any of those 18 dropbacks. But Khalil Mack not having a, a, a statistic is insane. I'm not going to crush the Bears' defense today because they still did only give up 17 points, and I imagine at this point it's probably getting frustrating for them because the thing is is they, they're good but they're not playing good enough to win. If that makes any sense, they took the ball away today, but today was one of those days where it w- it wasn't enough to just take the ball away. You have to take the ball away and score once you get it. And I know that it is completely unfair to ask of them that, but when the star of the defense doesn't have a statistic, I, I don't know what to tell you. It means that he is being neutralized in a way that we never thought was possible. Meanwhile, you look up and see that the Raiders are having success with the picks that they got and the picks that they're going to get, and it makes you wonder. It makes it makes you wonder about value. I'm still squarely in the camp of I love Khalil Mack. I'm still in that camp. I just think it's a statistical um, – astonishment that that he not have a statistic in the game that the best player on the team isn't in the box score that's that's really crazy all right let's talk about what's disappointing in this game because there's not a lot of things to be excited about Matt Nagy is is um What's the right word for this? He is frustrating as a play caller. And I don't think that he has a great game plan going in. And those are two different things. The game plan is the preparation, looking at your opponent, 
And then the the play calling is trying to put together a combination of plays once you see what your opponent is doing that gives you the best chance to win. Now, to his credit, seeing the Bears go in the hurry up early on, I actually thought made a lot of sense, a lot of sense, and they they seem to get stuff out of it. And then you you have this this drive where you go nine plays. So here here are the Bears' first three drives. Nine plays for 41 yards. They got two first downs, which for them on a first drive of a game, that is a victory. They end up netting 41 yards. They get down to the 30. Eddie Pinheiro misses a kick. Then... Their next drive is seven plays. They only gained 15 yards on those seven plays. They did get a first down. But after that, after Eddie missed the kick from, what, 48, they weren't going to let him do that again. So they went for it on fourth and nine and didn't get it. And then they turned the ball over on downs. Then they get an interception. So they've had the ball three times. The defense gives them the ball back after a fumble. They go 15 yards, and they turn it over on downs on fourth and nine. Then they get an interception. Deep in their own territory, so they got to drive a little bit. They go on a 12-play, 49-yard drive. They pick up 54 yards net. And then they get three first downs. They're in another situation where it's fourth and six this time, fourth and six. And they decide, well, we'll kick it. We'll send Eddie back out there. And Eddie misses the kick again. I really tried hard to have people pump the brakes on Eddie Pinheiro. And if you go back, if you go back to the, my game reactions on Eddie Pinheiro, the fact that he had a nickname, the fact that people, because he won one game with a last-second kick, the fact that Matt Nagy was walking around talking about ultimate trust, it's ridiculous. How can you have ultimate trust in someone who doesn't have an NFL resume? It's decisions like that that make me wonder about him as an evaluator of someone who actually sees the truth in what his team is and what it can accomplish. You had a situation where the head coach had to make up his mind what he was going to do. Fourth and seven from the Los Angeles 30, you kick the field goal, he misses. Then you're at the 31, you're terrified he's going to miss again, so you go for it on fourth and nine. The likelihood of you making that, not great, but I understand it. If you have questions about your kicker and then your defense gets the ball back for you again, you go down and you end up in a a fourth down situation and you miss another kick. It, It is unbelievable what has gone on with their kicking game. We are right back to where we started from. With the kicking game. And I can't believe that he said there would be no competition for Eddie. Who 
Who is Matt Nagy? Does he not understand that this is a results-oriented business? You win or you lose, you make it or you don't, and you should be judged on that. You should be judged on what it is you accomplish when you are on the field. They are really good, and maybe we we as a collective Chicago did a bad job of anointing this team where they really didn't accomplish that much. They won the division, and that's great. And then in the last four weeks of the season, we saw a lack of production offensively, and we ignored it. That lack of production carried into the playoff game, and we ignored it. They miss a kick that would have won the playoff game, and all of the ire went towards the guy who missed the kick instead of all of the subsequent problems that led to the Bears needing to have that kick, like Philadelphia moving down the field and scoring a touchdown on fourth and one where all the Bears have to do is defend that one yard and they end up winning the game. We spend the entire offseason trying to figure out what's going to happen. Negi throws uh, gas on the fire by having this bizarre-ass kicking competition that everyone thought was adorable until you found out that it seemed as if they didn't know what they were looking for. And then when they finally decided on Eddie Pinheiro, instead of treating it as someone who had to fight to keep that job, They embraced him as if he had been an incumbent kicker. They embraced him like he was Robbie Gold, like he was Adam Vinatieri, instead of a journeyman kicker with no NFL resume. It's decisions like this that have me stuck going, do you know what you're doing? Do you understand how this is how the game is played. Do you understand what it means to hold people accountable? To actually hold them accountable. Not to just say that you're holding people accountable. Because if you were holding Eddie Pinheiro accountable, he would have to walk into Hallis Hall tomorrow, not knowing if he's going to be the kicker next week against the Giants. But you publicly said, no, no, he's good. He's good. We're not going to bring... First of all, and that's another, Ryan Pace should be able to overrule that. I'm bringing in some kickers, man. Eddie can win his job back, but I'm. it would be a dereliction of duty to not bring kickers in. This is ridiculous. And we haven't even gotten to the bizarre play calling. Like, here's my, here's my thing. If you want to say the quarterback is hurt, okay. If you want to say he got hurt uh, and Mitch and Nagy didn't seem to be quite on the same page as when he got hurt and when they knew he got hurt. But let's say, let's go with Mitch's story. Let's, Let's go with his version of events. He got hurt in the second quarter, even though he did say the second half. But I think he meant the second quarter because then after that he said he got evaluated at halftime. So let's go with Mitch's, his, his account. He got hurt in the second quarter. He got evaluated. He was good enough to play. Why in the world, if you do think that your quarterback might even be a little bit hampered on plays of consequence on third down, third and short, 
Why are you running option plays? First of all, why are you running an option to the short side with a quarterback who might be hurt and not like his shoulder hurts, his hip hurts? That would seem to be a very dangerous situation to put said quarterback in. Did they bench him and is the injury a cover? Did they feel like he didn't do things right in the game and he needed to be held accountable, so they pulled him, and maybe he is their starter next week against the Giants, but they wanted to send a message to him. I don't know. But but what I know is the decision-making that has gone on at Hallis Hall with both the head coach and the general manager is worth questioning over and over and over again because they are now back in a position where they might finish last in this division. And if they do finish last in the division this year, they will have finished last in the division four out of the last five seasons. They've got six games, and the six games is no longer to save their season. The six games that are left are are there for them to try and look professional. And in this game, you had moments and lack of discipline that was unbelievable. I would like to give people a chance, especially people who I think are a little different than I am. Anthony Miller is one of those players. They traded up to get Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller's production this year has not been great. On top of his production not being great, and J.J. Stankovitz wrote a great story on NBCSportsChicago.com at the beginning of the year about a guy who seemed to realize he didn't do enough last year, even though he had seven touchdown receptions, that he didn't do enough studying. We had a situation today where he misses a pass. He gets called for an offensive pass interference, then taunts and did threw up some sort of sign. I don't know what sign it was. I don't know what he was trying to get across, but I know it was a bad look. And he's done that before. He's gotten penalties before that you can't have. You have Cordero Patterson, who I think has been one of their best players all season long. I think that guy works. I think he goes hard. I think that he is an incredible four-phase special teams player and returner. And he loses focus and takes his helmet off and gets a 15-yard penalty. It's stuff like that where it looks like a coach who has lost the team that doesn't have control. Tariq Cohen. You score the touchdown, congratulations. As 311 would say, it's your mix, congratulations. And he's screaming into the camera, you're still down, fam. You know me, I am not the, the, I'm not trying to harsh or mellow. I am all about celebration. But it seems like some of the celebrating that goes on with this Bears team is, um, Damn, I can't believe I'm going to say this because I'm going to sound like an old fart. Inappropriate. That they need to pick a a better time and space 
And it seems very selfish, some of the stuff that they do. It never seems to be a rallying point for the team. It seems to be, look at me. And, I again, I do a talk show by myself. I am Mr. Look at me. But come on. The time for it is, is it looks really bad. And that's after hearing Matt Nagy say that he doesn't have a team, it has have a turd in this locker room. I think you might have a couple. You know what's crazy? The thing about Mitch, and I'm sure that I'm going to talk about this this week on the radio show, people are so willing to give him an out. Were there drop passes today? You damn right there were. There were also bad routes. There were also bad designs. The number two pick in the draft should be able to elevate a team. And everyone has bad days. Deshaun Watson, for example, didn't play well today. You're the number two pick in the draft. You should be able to, to elevate play. And he just can't. So people will look at a game where he wasn't a disaster and deem that as a good game. Let me let me give you his numbers just so we're all on the same page. 24-43, 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception, 65.1 rating. His offense scored seven points. That's not good quarterback play. All that was is that he wasn't an unmitigated disaster. All that was was that he didn't look like a bumbling idiot for most of the game. But it definitely wasn't good. Neither one of the quarterbacks that played in this game, kind of like the last game these two teams played, played well. We have got to stop lowering the bar for that guy. He doesn't deserve it. If you want to try and excuse someone, if you want to try and make excuses for a player, then you can go back to the Khalil Mack stuff and make excuses for him. He's at least earned that right. What has Mitchell earned? Other than looking like a deer in the headlights and so you feel bad for him, because you, for some reason, think he's the quarterback of Mount Carmel. He's the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. And he's not up to it. It's that simple. He's not up to this. He can't do this. Not as a starter. Not right now. He can't carry a franchise. He can't elevate a franchise. And it feels as if he is being handled by his head coach, where when things go wrong offensively, the head coach is quick to point at other aspects of the team. It's the receivers running the wrong routes. It's the offensive line not doing their job with communication. It's all of that stuff. And it never seems to be Mitch. And if it, if it turns out that Mitch isn't hurt and they are covering for him, that's even worse, man. That's... That's even worse. So where do the Bears go from here? The Bears need to figure out some things. 
What's really crazy is a few weeks ago, we are what, six weeks into the season, and you heard Matt Nagy talk about not knowing, needing to find out who the leaders are on this team. Well, I think two of them are sidelined with injuries in Akeem Hicks and Danny Trevathan. I think the guy that we all would hope would be the leader, it just isn't cut out to do that in Mac. I think Mac is, is he's on an island. Like he's just, you know, he's doing his thing and, and trying to be a great player. I don't think that that necessarily means he has to be a great leader. You tell me. Who's your leader on offense? Is it Allen Robinson? Because he's about the only person I could point to and say has leadership skills from what I've seen on the field. That question should should always start and stop with your quarterback. And you know and I know that it's not him. And if it's not him, if you can't look and say that guy's a leader, then what is it that you're fighting for? You can't tell me Mitch played good when the offense scores seven points. You can't tell me that you believe in a quarterback that you don't even believe is a leader of that offense. Be honest. You see a deer in headlights. You see a guy that doesn't know. It doesn't mean he's a bad guy. It doesn't mean that at some point in his career he might find himself and be able to put together the mental aspects of the game with what is some clear physical tools. But this Bears team is stuck with false bravado and an arrogance that stinks because they're not very good. It's a team that for some reason still thinks it's 2018 and hasn't realized that they're 10 games into the next season and no one cares. No one cares about what happened last year. It doesn't matter to the teams that are on your schedule this year. They're not afraid of you because you scored seven points. Your offense is averaging 16 points a game. So no one cares about your Instagram stuff. No one cares about the videos that the Bears put out. No one cares about what you did last year because your team that other teams look at now and say, we're going to get a win. We got the Bears coming up. We got a chance to, to get right because they're undisciplined and lack focus and injured. They're not very good. Their best player had no statistics in the game. That's insane to me. It just really is. So, look, we're going to talk about this some more throughout the week. I'm going to go home and go to bed. I thank you for listening to the podcast. I appreciate the support. I also do another podcast called House of L, where I interview media people, some of your favorite media people. House of L podcast, just search for it. Trust me, you will enjoy it. You'll find at least one interview in the 70-some-odd interviews that I've done that you really, really like. And I got one coming up this week with Joe Cowley that is going to uh, more than likely get me in trouble with people. So thanks for listening to this. Go search for the House of L podcast. I'll be on the air on the score all week from noon until 2. I'm sure talking about what has been 
a disastrous season and a terrible loss in Los Angeles. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.